I'm Yasi Salik, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a very delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome to Morally Corrupt, a show here on the Ringer Reality feed. We are back. Chelsea's back with me. Ooh, I feel like Chelsea's been a minute since we've had you back on the show. Welcome back. Where you been? What's you know, up? it has been a little while. I, uh, I I missed part one of the reunion, which was okay, I guess. <laughs> exactly. That was our yeah, recap so, as well. Um, I, but, you know, I'm here happy to be back with my Bravo fam, my Ringer Bravo fam. So, so yeah, thrilled, thrilled. So, so much, but so little going on at the same time in Bravo land, feels. Yeah. Always, <laughs> always. That's like, it's like one of those, you know, when people are like, don't say that there's no traffic in LA or don't say you're not busy and then bam, everything happens. That's the thing. You just, you just said what you're not supposed to say. Oh, it's like <laughs> not a lot going on now. Like, Shit's hitting the fan yeah. Monday. You <laughs> as soon as know. we jump off this record, we're going to have a plethora of stories. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the story right now, which is the only story we have for the news of the week. It's absolutely outrageous and ridiculous at the same time. This woman must be stopped. And that woman <laughs> that I'm talking about is Lisa Renna. Lisa Renna is seeking $2 million for next season of Beverly Hills. Um, so she's currently renegotiating her contract in the contract year. Um, and she's demanding to be paid to be the highest paid real housewife ever, or she's not going to come back. 
good riddance. I think I feel uh, like we should insert crickets there. Like yeah. we're good. We're good. We're good. We're okay. We'll be okay, Lisa. Um, at this point, um, this is what her her people are saying. Bravo needs Lisa more than Lisa needs Bravo. She was a star before Bravo and will be a star long after Bravo too. Um, okay, so <laughs> I can't help but laugh. I well, there's a couple of things with this. Obviously, it's wild because if I was going to pick the top three housewives to be paid, you know, to be the highest paid, Lisa Rinna wouldn't be one of them. She wouldn't be top five, and I don't even think I would make her top ten. Now, currently, Atlanta, um, the ladies of Atlanta earn the most. Candy Burris reportedly makes a little less than two million per season. Now, this is shocking to me. Um, and I'm very curious as what our our little morally corruptors think about this as well. I had no idea housewives make this much money. <laughs> oh, that's what shocked you. <laughs> and I might reconsider being a housewife. <laughs> you guys, for reference, in 2014, Lisa Vanderpump, Kyle Richards, Yolanda Foster were paid 500 per season, 500,000 per season. And Eileen Davidson was 750000 I wouldn't have thought that she was up there. I really thought these women were making a strong... Because remember when Leah from New York came out? And didn't she yeah. say she made something like 60-something thousand? Well, that was like first season. And like first season Housewives, of course not. But I, I do think like from the TV world and like Denise Richards, I think made a million her first season. <laughs> But like, <laughs> Rachel passed out. Um, but I think that's because of D- Denise's like current, like, you know how in acting and TV, like you have your rate. Um, and so I think that was Denise's rate and they couldn't go below that. So they met her there. Um, and so, but with Lisa Rinna, like she hasn't had a, a TV gig in a while. So I'm sure her rate was somewhere between the five to $750,000 range. And I just don't, I mean, granted, watching Atlanta's reunion, Candy Burris is not earning her check this season. Um, Not even close. Crickets from her. But if we really look at Candy's resume pinned up against Rinna's resume, bitches worldwide, and (laughs) Rinna does not not measure up nor deserve to be paid more than Candy Burris. So I think, I mean, we all know she's delusional. Um, I, 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 I... and I don't think we need her. Bravo does not need Lisa. Like, the viewers are tired of Lisa. Like, we want to give her the Dorinda treatment, maybe give her some time off, maybe not see her ever again. I don't know. But I, I and she said something this week that just, like, really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, anyone that knows me well knows that I um, have a very deep disliking for LeBron James. And being a <laughs> Lakers fan... It's very it's very conflicting for me to cheer for this man while he's on my team. And that's how I feel about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills <laughs> and Lisa Rinna. I love Beverly Hills, my favorite franchise. And I have to watch this woman week in and week out destroy my favorite franchise. So for her to compare herself to LeBron James makes sense to me because I dislike him and I think he is a pariah. And that is Ooh. what Lisa Rinna is to me. So yes, strong words, hot take, take me on the hottest take with the ringer. Like I, I can't stand the man and I can't stand Rinna. They're in the same category for me. Oh my God. And the words of Sonia Richards Ross, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. Who knew we were going to have a Housewives sports crossover? You are right. I mean, I thought I felt a certain way, but Chelsea, we'll have to talk offline about this. I woke up and chose violence today. Yes, you did. And (laughs) might I say, thank you. (laughs) Um, I was talking to somebody about this very thing because that's what I do in my spare time even outside of the show, is still Talk Housewives. And they had a very interesting theory about this Lisa Renna thing. They believe Lisa Renna knows she's never going to get anywhere near this amount. And this is the excuse that she's going to uh, use when she doesn't get re-signed. She's going to say, well, it's because... Because who would leak this story? Okay? I mean, it's right online. The sources are so pro-Lisa. What what did Kyle say in the the LVP radar line thing? It's like, you have to look at at who the article benefits. Like, the article benefits Lisa Rinna. (laughs) A hundred percent. It's coming from that household. So think, it's, 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 great on her end. She'll be able to say, I'm I'm worth this. They're not giving me what I feel like I deserve. So I stepped away. So she puts the ball in her court. She gives herself the power. But here's the thing. You said you were a star before and you'll be a star long after. So L- Lisa, we don't want to hold you back. Please fly. <laughs> Go do all these things that you want to do. Write another book about fellatio. Do another ad about Depends. Do whatever you need to do to be the star that you are. Don't let Bravo dim your light. Don't no, let shine, them do baby. It. Shine. Shine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and guess what? We won't be what? watching. No. I mean, <laughs> I may tune in to see a Depends commercial just for the laughs, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, okay, enough of Lisa Renna because we're going to have to circle back to her when we talk Beverly Hills again. Um, good for you. I'll be gone, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but we get to part two of the reunion, <sighs> The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I got to say... Chelsea, you and I have been watching Atlanta since the beginning, and here we are on season 14. This has got to be the most boring reunion I have ever seen from this franchise, and I can't believe it's not over. I couldn't okay, so- believe it, it didn't wrap up. Go ahead. Go ahead. When I turned it on and it said... And and it ended, or when it started, it didn't say on the last part of Real Houses of Atlanta reunion. I was like, wait, there's a third part. Like, like, and as we were watching it, I was like, how are we stretching out to three? And what are we even gonna get in part three? Like, all the issues have been resolved. All the issues are so tired mm-hmm. and like not even interesting. And the 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 arguments, the spats, the back and forth, it's everything that it's just regurgitated. Nothing's being settled. The editing was also very weird to me. Like there were a lot of parts where they would have like a, like the thought wasn't completed and they would just move on to something else. And I was like, well, like I, I feel incomplete here. And like, it just, I don't know. It, it, it made me really upset. <laughs> yeah. Cause we expect so much from Atlanta. It's always been like the 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 cream of the crop. Everyone's like, well, at least we have Atlanta. We know Atlanta's going to bring it. And they didn't in season 14. Really disappointing. And it's interesting that you say tired because it almost seemed like the women were tired of having these arguments. It seemed like the women weren't bringing the energy that they needed to for the reunion. I, I just, I, not a one of them 
Maybe Drew. Maybe Drew because she just maybe. was. I'm still waiting for Drew to flip her hair in, in Sonia's face. Like, when is that part three? Like, that wasn't in the teaser for next week. Like, I just, I, I, I don't We're know. We're getting Ralph. I, We're getting Ralph and see in part three. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're I, I just like, it, it really, it really does. The fights are really old. The Marlo and Kenya is just never going to go anywhere. And like, I don't know if it's worth losing one or bringing back a Portia or something to make the argument or the whatever conflict a little bit more interesting. But like, it's hard to watch people go in circles and circles and never like have any resolve or like put a pin in it. Nothing like Erica and and Garcelle and Beverly Hills dislike each other, disagree, but they could be around each other and be cordial and have a good time. Like, we can't have that from Kenya and Marlo. Like, we'll always have little side remarks, side comments going under the belt. And, like, it's it's boring. It's boring. It's boring. And you know what it is, too? It's dark. Okay? So let's get into the Marlo versus Kenya. So we see them start off as friends this season. And that quickly changes. I mean, I don't even think they made it to three episodes before they were starting to spat You saw them like poking at each other and then boom, the whole thing just blew up. Um, As you already stated, I mean, these women are absolutely never going to be friends, but we really see Marlo open up in the reunion in a way that we never have before. We know that Marlo had a rough upbringing. We know that she was in and out of foster care. We know that she lived on the streets, but she gave way more detail. Even the women are acknowledging that Marlo's giving more detail about her life than she ever has before. And so you you feel for Marlo. You you sympathize with her. You understand that she's always had to be on the defense. She doesn't trust people, you know, as easily as the next person would be and rightfully so because of the things that she's been through and the person that she should lean on and uh, be able to go to the most, her mother, she still struggles with that relationship. And she opens up about that and uses that to kind of explain why Kenya triggers her or why she has issues with Kenya. And she even goes on to say that she and Kenya can relate to each other because they've both been neglected by their mothers. I think everybody watching that could say, you might not like Marlo, you might not agree with her actions, but you could at least say, okay, I can see why you behave the way that you do. I'm not going to excuse it, but I can see it. Only person who didn't do that was Kenya. Kenya couldn't get yeah. it. <laughs> I, you know, it was hard to watch that because it was like, you do really feel for Marlo in those instances. And when she's talking about her, her family and her trauma and foster care and all of those things, you really feel for her. And at the very least, like Kenya asking for a tissue because her nose is cold, saying that she's ready to move on. Like it, it like at the very least, you could just be quiet. <laughs> like we don't have to say anything if you disagree. If you think she's using it, like it, just be quiet. Like that. It, it, it's so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable, and it made me so like like upset for her because Kenya would want that sympathy and empathy if she were sharing those things. Absolutely. And so for her to just be so cold about it, like I'd rather you just say nothing at all. Like even and even we'll see you roll your eyes or whatever, but like, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's gross. It really is. Yeah. And, and her, her going on and saying that 
She feels that Marlo was throwing her family under the bus, like exposing your family, exposing your sons, like all these things. Like, I didn't feel that way. There's some instances where um, housewives bring their parents on and they talk about addiction and stuff like that. And it, it does feel like it is a little bit to serve them. Like Mia from Potomac. Yeah. It it, it did feel like Mia was using it more in a way to make herself look better and to not really like help her mother. Like I didn't feel that way about Marlo. Like I felt like Marlo was being very genuine and honest about her life and her experience and how her family affected that. And even hearing about her going to jail in the part two of the reunion. So I, I think I didn't feel that way. And and I do I have felt that way before. So I just I didn't like Kenya's reaction to it. I understand her disliking her, but like you still have to give someone the space to share their story. Like it, it was gross. Exactly. This is the part of Kenya that I don't like and I don't understand. You could you don't have to excuse Marlo. I understand she has cut you very deeply. And I, I can't relate to what it is that you're going through with with that and the way and the things that she's publicly said about you. However, you can acknowledge that, you know, I'm sorry what happened. I too have been through a struggle and I don't fight dirty like that. So it's hard for me to understand why you do that. But she could have still acknowledged the pain that Marlo was expressing on the stage. And that's where it's like, it's really hard for me to root for Kenya because The thing I'll say about Marlo is Marlo doesn't play fair. She goes below the belt. She's really dirty. She does seem to break. And I, and I want to get to how you thought she did this season since this is her first season holding a peach, but I did agree with Kenya that she seems to do things uh, purposeful for, you know, not a storyline, but just like attention. She wants attention. attention. Yeah. Yeah, For attention. I do agree with Kenya for that. But what I also, see with Marlo is she does all those those nasty things but then in the second the next second she's like girl just forget about that let's go have a good time you know I'm not saying that's right but that's what she does Kenya doesn't do that and and I just so it's hard for me to really root for her when I see her act like this I'm not saying you got to be friends with her but be a little understanding yeah you know I think with Marlo is and I could be really giving her the benefit of the doubt here. But like, I genuinely don't think she means what she says when she hits below the belt. Like, I think she's angry and acts out like a child. And so that's why it's easy for her to be like, oh, but I just love you. I think you're such a great girl. I want to be your friend. I want to support you. Like, I think that's because when she, she like sees red and just says things and then like doesn't remember saying it or is just like, well, I don't really feel that way. Like, so it's just really, it's, it, and that and that's wrong. Like you can't say those things and expect to have friendships with people. Like that is just not it's not right. But I will also add about the Kenya thing. Like I thought it was really gross and disgusting for her to use Marlo's um like the burglary attempt um to use it to make her the victim somehow and that you know she felt that Marlo didn't share enough information to keep all of them safe and whatnot. Yes. That was weird and it's just like why are you why are you using what her experience was with these men coming into her home and threatening her and her nephews to then somehow make you the victim? Like, it's, it's gross. And to tweet about it too. I forgot that that tweet, like that she did that. So it was just, and then to hear from the other woman that they didn't feel that way and that Marlo is very open about the details and stuff like that. I'm just like, so here you are just 
trying to throw her under the bus when she just experienced something horrible. Agreed on that. A scale of one to 10, how did Marla do this season? I had to give her a six and a six point seven. <gasps> I was gonna give her a seven. Okay. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Six point seven. Like I feel like she did a really good job. Like I, I think what we don't get a lot from first time housewives is like uh, a really in depth look into their personal life. So she did that, which I thought was great, and probably because she has been on camera for so long, she isn't afraid to share that part. Um, But yeah, I think her her performance around the women needs to be improved. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely room for improvement there. Um, Okay, Sonia. I mean, well, let me ask you this about Sonia. Sonia, it's also Sonia's first season holding a peach. On a scale of one to 10, how do you think Sonia did? I would give Sonia a six, I think. Yes, for kind of the same reason as Marla. Like, I think Sonia did a really good job opening up about her family and her her pregnancy uh, decisions and and whatnot, wanting to expand her family. I thought that was a really honest conversation that a lot of women probably are having with their husbands. Um, And I also enjoyed seeing her career. I think she falls flat amongst the women and holding her ground. I think she needs to be a lot better about that because I do think she has valid points and things that she's saying. She just gets really flustered. I, I... I feel like the feud with her and Drew was so um, fizzled out so quickly because they just really weren't friends. Like, I'm pretty sure they met a week or two before (laughs) filming started. And so, like, to lose any type of friendship there is kind of whatever. Um, And I wish she did a better job holding her own against Kenya. Um, But I think... I I give her a six. I'd want to see her back. Absolutely. I'm going to give her an eight because I'm biased. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> There's obviously room for improvement there as well. I I wish... What I did love about Sonia is she was so excited to be there, you could tell. And she did open up and she led us into her life. And like you said, some real life issues. Um, I wish she would have... Like certain issues I felt could have... like When she confronted Kenya, that could have really been something. And she backed out. With the Drew situation, you know, on the reunion, she's like, Drew, you were lying. This is what happened. And Drew's continuing to lie. I mean, Drew's, Sonia is opening up. You can tell she's really, as she said that, she's like, this was real to me. This is my real life. She did something along those those lines about how real this all has been for her. And this is her first season. And she's crying. And Drew's like, they're like, Drew, she's crying. And she's like, there are tears. And this is where Drew lost me. Okay. I try, I try to be nice to Drew because I, she, I, I did watch what happens live with Drew and she's so nice. It's so nice. But this is where you lose me. It's just, it didn't, I like, why are you trying? I do believe she's lying. I had heard this story before about the conversation that they did have privately. So when Drew gets on here and says this, I'm like, you are lying because I heard this already before. So I, I, Sonia gets an eight, but what I need, if hopefully she comes back for season 15 is you gotta, don't let these issues fizzle. As you said, you gotta like keep it going. We want to see like the drama and the, and like why you guys are having this tiff. Yeah. I just need her to do a better job of holding her on. What, like, what did Sheree tell her? 
the advice that Sheree gave her about like going up against Kenya is you like pretty much don't can't back, back down. down. Yeah. And like, and, and, and Sonia did that. And even to the point where it was like, I, I felt good watching Kenya say and kind of back down for her comments about Ross. That gave me validation as I'm sure it gave Sonia. And then also even hearing Sheree and Kenya like kind of, I don't think they said sorry for being assholes about the iFit thing, but like basically understanding that they were assholes about the iFit thing, like also felt good. And so like, I wish Sonia, I mean, she didn't have to like batter them down for it. And again, I think the editing in this reunion was so weird and choppy that maybe there was more said there. Um, But I just wish she kind of like held her own and like kind of like celebrated those wins a little bit more (laughs) on the couch. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do want to see her back. Let me tell you somebody I never want to see on my screen again is Anthony. This is clearly a man who is desperately trying to be a part of this franchise. Oh and yeah. It's so obvious to the point where when they do call him, even Andy's like, okay, that's enough. Goodbye. <laughs> well, they tried <laughs> to call him earlier in the first part and Andy was like, no. No, no, shut it down immediately. And the second time, the second time, Sheree didn't even say anything. Like, so I think that's how he was able to get on the line was Sheree just did it without announcing she was going to do it. But yeah, I mean, from his first moment on camera, when I think it was at Drew's house when she was bringing the ladies over for a healthy meal and whatnot, and he was like serving them shots, you could tell he was like really just trying to make a moment for himself. And it was just... I don't, I don't know. And I, he just seems like maybe Sheree gave him some coins under the table to like say these things. Not Sheree. Sheree did not. (laughs) She gave him something, maybe a free set of those $150 joggers. I don't know. She gave him something because his story changed drastically from what Drew had said. And from what he even said throughout the season, he said that he was Sheree's assistant. And so it, it was, I don't, I don't know. I guess Trey got a win there, but it was kind of just like, why are we bringing man, this man into The man it? would like, say anything to, to get screen time and attention. That's what Sheree gave him. Screen time. No coins from Sheree's side of it. But also, this to me shows to me issues within the judgment of Drew and Sheree that Anthony is even somebody who was a part of your team. Oh, horrible. And like if... Anthony is back next or withdrew in some way, shape or form. Like I just, it bothered me that Anthony was still around after the Ralph rumor. Like the fact that this man could say that about your husband to someone else, like why would you even still have him around? Like if, if Ralph kept someone around that started a bad rumor about Drew, she would want that person gone. So, like, I don't get why this person was still, like, filming with Drew, still supposedly her assistant after that whole thing came out. Um, Drew, to me, is someone that I strongly dislike also. Like, I, I just, I don't like her. I don't find her to be that interesting. I didn't really care for her when she first joined. Um, I don't think she's funny. And I don't like her looks and her confessionals. It bothers me. So I'm just reunion not was the best she looked, right? Oh yeah, she looked yeah, great. She, did. she looked she looked really good. But like, I just I can't. I don't. I'm not a fan of Drews. <laughs> you know what? I can't. I I'm trying not to be uh, Drew. Okay, I'm let you. I'm gonna let you roll with Drew. <laughs> I can't take another 
part of this reunion. I let, let me tell you something, morally corruptors. I don't know if we can recap the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just they haven't even given us a strong preview, other than Todd dressed in black and Ralph and Ross dressed in white. I mean, that would like that's if that's the funniest, and I'm using air quotes here, thing we're going to get from that enough. We've already hit every single storyline. Surely you're not going to have the men on stage the entire time. Even Ralph and Drew didn't bring the the drama level like they normally do, so we can't even have a whole thing about that. I mean, I don't want to hear about the, you know, assistant. I don't want Ross to say, address him standing up at the table addressing the women. Todd gave us nothing. Was the apartment, oh, the apartment, the apartment, but that like fizzled really quick. Like we didn't hear nothing about the apartment like after New Jersey. So, and that's not an update I need. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it better be half an episode. It better be 30 minutes and the other 30 minutes better be watch what happens live. (laughs) Because I don't (laughs) want to see it. I wouldn't be mad at that. I think the only thing that I want, I'm curious about, and this is just for my own like personal interest, um, is where Drew and Ralph are with the adoption of Josiah. Like I said with my my personal... Like, I'm a Stark Jones. My name is hyphenated because uh, my stepdad is Jones. My birth father is Stark. So that's what made me a part of the family. And so I... And I love my last name. I'm a three-namer. It's very unique. <laughs> it's going to be hard to change it once I'm married. But like, it's... it's um I feel just as involved in my stepdad's family and I use air quotes than I do in my real dad's family. And so it didn't take an adoption for me to feel that way. And I hope that Drew realizes that it doesn't mean it's paper. Like it, it doesn't mean anything. Beautifully said. And keep the name. I kept mine. I love it. Just 2022 progressive women over here. I'm really This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Chelsea, thank you so much. We're going to move on to Beverly Hills, where we once again land flat on this week's episode, season 12, episode 19. We need to talk about Kathy. That's all we did in this episode. Jody. where we left off last week was such a huge cliffhanger. We finally got to the point in Aspen that we've all been waiting for. It only took 19 episodes to do that. I don't even know if this has ever been done. This is like old school housewives when we've been getting this many episodes. So it's unheard of these days, I feel like. So we finally get to that point. I don't know about you, but ever since last week, I have been waiting for this episode to drop. It drops and it gives us nothing. Our oh God, I thought I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say like it gave us everything. And I was like, Rachel, no, we got nothing. They need to talk about Kathy and they didn't talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't talk about Kathy. No, they didn't. And I, I, I'm really hoping this buildup leads to something. Now, the previews for next week, I'm jumping ahead of myself, do look good. But I guess I'm still confused about the rumors that were circulating about Kathy and what it is that she said. Don't play out in this episode. Maybe that's what comes next week, but I still don't think so. For some reason, all we're getting is that she talked about the women and she talked about... Um, Kyle, and she just showed a side of herself that people aren't used to, but we're not getting the details of her allegedly saying racist and homophobic slurs. I mean, are, are, are you, were you thinking the same thing? What's happening? Yeah, I think that like this is classic Beverly Hills, or rather it's classic new age Beverly Hills. In the last, in the latter half of Beverly Hills, these dramatic story arcs always come up where so many things are left unsaid that you're just left to fill in the lines. So I think there are two options for like these rumors that you're talking about that were going around that this rant was not just about her sister, was not just a family spat where she stomped her glasses on the ground, but was in fact a racist and homophobic rant. Either you know, sources like these anonymous sources that are always talking to sites made that up and everybody just went with it or no one went up against it because Erica and Rena are on a Kathy takedown and are mad at her. The other option is that she did actually say something really terrible, not just about her sister. And she got legal involved because she is Kathy Hilton. And I think an important thing to remember throughout this episode is that Kathy Hilton is not a housewife. She is by choice a friend of. If she would be a housewife, they'd have her. But she makes the choice to keep herself only partially on screen. And that comes, I assume, with a different contract, with different legal ramifications. And maybe if she wants to get something off the edit, she can. But she also kind of has that right, you know? She hasn't signed up for the same life that Erica and Rena have. And they are so mad about it. They're so mad. <laughs> to quote well Lisa Rinna, you're so angry, she said to Denise. <laughs> but uh, all my Rinna feelings are going to come out this episode. It's great. a mess. Let's, let's have a Rinna rant. No? <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> Happy to. My glasses are pre-broken on the ground. I've already punched a hole through the wall. Yes. Let's get mad. Yes. You too woke up and chose violence. <laughs> Very much so like Chelsea. I did. I did. I did. 
Well, the episode starts off with, well, thought it was going to start off a different way, but we see the women leaving Aspen. Now, Kathy, it's been referenced that Kathy had this huge meltdown at the club. What was the club called? Um, Caribou Club. At the Caribou, Caribou Club. The way they keep calling it a club, I just keep imagining like big game, like, uh, taxonomy same. heads in there. <laughs> Absolutely the Were same. Were there laser lights? What kind of club was this? No, it was exactly what you said and a bar. Is <laughs> that's, that's it. And a couple of couches. You know that's exactly what it was. And a DJ. That's it. <laughs> I um, ask you, is that not the perfect place for a conga line? But we can get to that later. <laughs> I totally forgot about that part. <laughs> so, Kathy was clearly drinking Casa de, del Sol or whatever it's called. Because <laughs> like a conga line? I think the only time I'm... Okay, we're not. We're jumping ahead. Okay, there's so many things. All right. So according to Rena, she's like... I mean, Rena is the star of this episode. She might not be a star in the way that she believes she is, but this episode, it was all about her. We were talking more about Rena, I feel like, than Kathy. And she says, I've never seen anything like this in my life. She's so dramatic. She's got the soap star talk going, the pauses, the cadence, everything. And Rena is in shock due to what she experienced. Um, they're talking about Kathy, and as they're packing up, they're like, everybody's acknowledging that they saw Kathy in a different way, but Rena's the one who saw the most. And so she's, you know, so upset by what she saw, and Kathy won't come out of her room. Not abnormal for Kathy, right? Like, Kathy likes to sleep weird hours. She kind of sticks to herself. So she's locked in her room. She's in the dark, as they keep saying. And she won't come back with the women. She's she's upset about, uh, allegedly upset about something, I guess. She, so she decides to stay in Aspen while the, rest of the, while the rest of the women get on a plane. They keep talking about this dark room. The dark room. <laughs> she has some control over the fact that there are no windows in the basement. Like, well, what's she supposed to do? Sleep with the light on? Also, I was a little suspicious about them continuing to show that, like, closed door that Kathy was in there. <laughs> because we've seen Kyle go in there and try to wake Kathy up before. That's like a signature Kyle and Kathy moment is Kyle trying to wake Kathy up with the cameras right behind her. So why? T I mean, I guess she probably was just genuinely scared of Kathy and that is reasonable. And I do believe that Kathy did go into some sort of rage. I just don't believe any of Rena's non-specifics, but that, that door was suspicious. To your point about the closed door, this is why, like, you're, it's so true what you say about her being a friend of an illegal thing. Either, either Kathy was not in that room or she had reached a certain number of hours where they could not film her anymore or she... Like a or, child actor. Yes, or she was just like, I'm not filming today and, like, you know, got legal involved or something. I, I fully believe that you're right. There's something more to that because it was very odd that they kept showing that door. I don't even know if that was the same door that she was originally in or not. I don't know if the bunk beds were on the other side or not. Listen, if Kathy was going to go into that house and tear one thing up, it would have been those bunk beds. I would have liked <laughs> to have seen some footage of the destruction that she allegedly caused. Like, Rena truly made it sound like she was punching holes in the wall. She was like, she was jumping up and down. And I don't mean to be like a fully tinfoil hat about this, but I actually have a lot of other questions, including where was Mauricio? 
Like, was Mauricio at the club? Because he's on this trip. He didn't oh, hear that's anything. that's true. Oh, my And I mean, gosh. obviously, he's not going to just come out of the woodwork if he was there and say something. But then they get on that plane and he's like, hey, where's big sis? What's going on? Like, he didn't hear her breaking every glass in the house when she got home. So the women go home. They ride on the plane. Erica and Sutton have a moment where we see them do this back and forth all the time. It's like they they like each other. They want to like each other. Erica's just mad that Sutton has called her out in certain ways and continues to question her. She's mad she can't have control over Sutton the way that she wants to. Or Sutton, you know what I mean? Like, because Sutton's not in the fab, fabulous 5-4 Fox. So, I mean, I, I, I want to actually see them move on because I think that they're fun together when they're doing their little thing even if it's for five minutes? They're more fun together than they are fun at each other's throats because it's just like a lion and a mouse and there's like, I don't think there's much fun about watching Sutton and Erica fight one another. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, for sure. Um, So we start to get, as we take off into the air and land back in LA, more details of the Kathy... Hilton's situation start to emerge. So as we've already discussed, it apparently started when Kathy kept asking everyone to do a conga line. I'm sorry. That is so funny to me. <laughs> you know why it's funny, Rachel? Because it's a very specific detail. Which and is it's true. almost the only specific detail that we get. <laughs> and we get it from Sutton who doesn't know any better and who is also like, yeah, this is funny. This was like a, a middle-aged woman drunk in a club demanding a conga line because that's all she knows how to do. <laughs> what song could have been playing that you said, conga! Da, 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 da. <laughs> like, what Come song? No, 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 do that conga. Like, I, 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 so I, I, I mean, I think the most obvious guess is that it had nothing to do. There was nothing that would have suggested she should be trying to make a conga line. But I'm also like, Sutton couldn't get in a conga line. Like, these, it's, not, these are not, you know, established dancers. Like they couldn't, they couldn't just do it. I guess maybe she was ragefully demanding it. Get in a conga line. It, it sounds like that. And then <laughs> it really does. But one thing we haven't talked about, it seems like um Sheree, I mean, I was do this. It seems like Sheree and Garcelle are not there, right? Because there oh, that's is a good there, point. there is that clip where whoever they're in the van with, uh, Sheree is like, okay, guys, we'll see you later. And she's still sitting. And I think Garcelle's sitting next to her. Yeah, we last don't see episode, them they like dropped them off, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I guess Garcelle says later that she didn't see anything. Because Garcelle, that's who we needed to be there. That we would have no questions if Garcelle had been there, this is the only time Garcelle's really let us down. There might have been one other time, but this is this is right up there. We would have had. But you know details. where Garcelle really shines is after the fact when she's digging up information. So if we can just get her on her investigative journalism beat, then maybe we can uncover some answers here. Absolutely, absolutely. Bet she'll never say no to the Caribou Club again. Never again. <laughs> so I guess after no one wanted to join the conga line, Kathy got mad and told everyone that if they don't leave the club with her right then, they weren't her friends. How old? From a conga line to you, you're not going to be my friend anymore. How old are we? 
<laughs> How Listen, old are sometimes we? like when you're with your siblings or your family, you just sort of revert into like a, a although she is the older sister. I guess Kathy's demanding to Kyle and other people that she's, you know, I want to go home, come home with me. And the only person who decides to take her up on that offer is Rena. Rena says, Kathy, I'll take you home. So everything that follows at this point is according to Rena. I want to be clear. It's according to Rena. I also want to be clear that this sounds right. This whole account sounds like it jumped off the pages of a Days of Our Lives script. Does it not? It sounds very dramatic. <laughs> it does, yes. And and it's just so unspecific. Like, there are these sort of specifics of she broke her glasses, she was hitting the wall, like she was raging, but we just don't hear what it was that she said that scarred Rena. so. Rena is scarred by whatever has happened with Kathy Hilton, by, by 15 minutes alone in a sprinter van with Kathy Hilton, but there's nothing that she tells us that suggests that it would be that scarring or that Rena's never seen anything like this in her life. I've seen Rena act like this in my life of watching her on screen for a few years. Like, I've seen Rena break a wine glass over a table and wield it <laughs> exactly. at a different Richard sister. And you're telling me you've never seen anything like this in your life? Exactly. So according to Rena, Kathy was raging, saying she was going to, quote, take down NBC, take down Bravo, and said, I'll fucking ruin you all. Also, according to Rena, when they got home, Kathy threw her glasses to the ground and smashed them, screaming, I will destroy Kyle and her family if it's the last thing I ever do. That's how Rena said it. <laughs> I love that she went to the parent company. Like, she went straight up the food chain to NBC. Like, I feel like most people don't even know that Bravo is owned by NBC. <laughs> she was like, I'm just not just stopping at your little rinky-dink cable company. I'm going to primetime, baby. I'm going to get on NBC. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. What, I mean, I, I have been around people who are, and I, I don't know, if Kathy was inebriated, this is all allegedly, could be the altitude. We've spoken about that multiple times as well. I don't know, but I have seen people not make sense when they have been inebriated. And I, allegedly this was Kathy, I have to keep saying that. But this, there, it just seems to be a disconnect as to why she's wanting to take down so many people just because they wouldn't dance with her. Right, what's the impetus? Is it the conga line? We also know that she... What's weird is we know that she was personally the angriest we've ever seen Kathy and kind of like the most negative was towards Lisa Rinna when she wouldn't drink her tequila and she publicly drank her good friend uh, Kendall Jenner's tequila instead. And like, we hear Kathy do like a mocking little voice. She's like, oh, my friend Kendall Jenner. And she does storm out of Kimosabe, the hat store. She does throw a fit, make a scene. And then we see her get over it. But perhaps she was just kind of faking getting over it and was actually holding on to this anger. And then it's compounded by people not doing a conga line with her. But then what's weird about that is she gets in a car with Rena. That's what I was going to say. Yep. But the person the who made you person upset. she's mad at. Yeah. 
I, it's just it and I and like rage doesn't have to make sense and people like flying off the handle and you're let you're right if she was inebriated then that would also take logic and rationale out of the equation however I will say uh, it doesn't seem like Kathy drinks a lot a lot of times she's like right. having a coke when they're drinking she's having like one glass of wine she's pulling a prank where she she fills everybody's glasses with water to get them hydrated like I, it doesn't seem like that would be the case. It seems like if she really flew off the handle, it's because she was just truly being irrational. But it's so hard to figure out like what the reason was for this and how it came back on Kyle. Unless it's that Kyle wouldn't leave with her. And then she's like, real, she's like sister mad. You know, she's like, how dare she not leave with me? I've supported her her whole life. Like, I just, I don't have a sister. And so I really put a lot on like the the idea that like there are just these like bonds and situations between sisters that are like high highs and low lows. It's true. Um, I have two. And, and they do expect, like sisters expect you to have their back in a way. And rightfully so. I'm not, I'm not like, I get it. I'm a middle child. I get it from both ways. I, they do, there is a sisterly bond. So that's why I laugh when you say sister mad, because that is a real thing. And it might not be logical to the person on the outside, but there are deep rooted issues or just things between sisters that you get. And I think it brought up something else to uh, Kathy or triggered something else in her, which is why she got so mad at Kyle, just like she did with the tequila. Well, listen, we, we didn't get to the bottom of it mid-episode. So we think, okay, maybe it's coming out at the end because we know we're building up to something. So Bravo decides to cleanse our palate. (sighs) (laughs) With the worst Lucy and Ethel of all time. The Lucy and Ethel of the Upside Down. Like, how dare they wear those hats? How dare Erica and Dorit walk into a chocolate shop and wear hats like the great women who have come before them? I, this is a top three disgusting moment to me. (laughs) on Beverly Hills. This was morally corrupt. This was morally corrupt. It was morally corrupt. As a diehard I Love Lucy fan, I saw what was going to happen with this and I thought, no, 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 no. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. CBS should sue. CBS <laughs> should do something. For the fact that they Rachel to, is going to take down CBS, like Kathy is going to take down NBC. Viacom, Paramount, CBS, somebody <laughs> should do something. This should have never happened. This, especially for people who have never seen this episode, who don't understand the comedic genius of Lucille Ball and what was her real name? Uh, Vivian Vance who don't understand how iconic this scene in this moment were, and you water it down to Erica, Jane, and Doran, making chocolate, thinking they're Lucy and Ethel, one of the iconic duos in television history. I was disgusted. And then they said it. I was already thinking it. When they put on those hats, I was like, don't you dare. And then that man who owned that chocolate shop, the shop of luxury, had the audacity to say it. You are Lucy and Ethel. These two? Burn it. Burn it. Maybe maybe (laughs) Portia, maybe Heather Gay. We've got a couple comedians in our midst. It is not Dorit and it is not Erica. Oh, I, I, what else even happened? I, it's like, I blanked out. I literally, I don't know if I, I pressed fast forward. I don't know if I walked out the room and went to the bathroom. I don't know if I grabbed a little chocolate of my own. 
if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> a little Lisa Rin and chocolate to Lisa calm Rinna. yourself down or amp yourself I up. I was irate. I was. <laughs> I, I didn't was tune out. I zoned raging. in. <laughs> I zoned in, and I was like. If y'all say chocolate is a luxury one more time, I am going to throw, I am going to Kathy Hilton rage around this house. What did they, they kept saying that chocolate was a luxury and that it was, uh, oh, and that it was therapy. Like they I don't said know that it was therapy. Rachel doesn't know. <laughs> Rachel doesn't know. She put her earplugs in. She put her eye mask on. She took a rage nap. <laughs> Poor thing. I have taken rage naps before. I'm just so <laughs> upset. I'm just gonna go to sleep. Okay, might I recommend a set of bunk beds in a basement for your next rage nap? <laughs> and Seems a like dark it works room. Great. A windowless a dark, room. Dark, room. <laughs> dark, dark children's room. Um, okay. Well, I guess if we're gonna talk about it, you know. This is where they t- discuss Garcelle talking about Erica on the reel. It's her job. It, everybody's talking about it, whatever. This is like not even an issue to me, but Erica wishes she would have had a head up from Garcelle. And we all know that Garcelle, based on her ITMs, purposely chose not to tell Erica <laughs> based on the fact that she was flaunting her wealth and jewelry in front of them all and did not care about the victims. As she said, she only cares about herself. So Garcelle said, Great. I'm 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 gonna be a little selfish on this one too. I totally understand. I, my ability to hold two truths for Garcelle at once is like unparalleled. The way that like I I fully believe that she was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna tell her and I don't care. I'm not doing it because I don't care. And then the way that I fully believe her sweet little apology, she she's like, oh well, it obviously did hurt you. So I so I am sorry about that. It's like Surely I shouldn't be able to believe those two things at once, but I do. <laughs> I, You know what I love? I, I totally agree with you. I love that she knows that owning it will shut it down. She doesn't keep going. She's just like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. And all you can say is, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, she said, sorry. What else are you going to do? You probably had a whole thing, like a rant in your head. And she says, I'm sorry. And it's like, let's move on. They need to learn learn from Garcelle. Happy to humble myself for a moment if it means not humbling myself for the next 19 episodes of The Real Housewives <laughs> of Beverly Hills. How how dare back to the chocolate scene. How dare Erica call herself the whipping boy of this cast when Sutton has been like so clearly the like plaything of this cast for an entire season and Garcelle said not me. Not me. That's not going to be me. D- the delusion from some of these women on this season is unmatched. It really, really is. Um, and that goes on with Erica through this episode as she is so thrilled that somebody else has done something morally corrupt, allegedly morally corrupt. And she is so happy to switch the narrative. She has been waiting for a moment like this. And she thinks she's so profound. I don't have the exact quote when she keeps saying like, do you have the quote where she's like, she says, like I've said, the game turns on everybody. So it's your turn now. And it's like, are you comparing your husband, your ex-husband stealing millions and millions of dollars from victims of terrible things to Kathy Hilton getting big mad and saying some mean things about her sister and NBC? Because that's all we know at this point. That's all we know. 
That's all we know. And my belief, it really, is that that's all that happened. I find the way that they're... I, I think what's most suspicious is not just that it comes only from Rena, the recounting of this, but the way they talk about it afterwards. They're so... Rena, Rena specifically, and then also Erica in a different way, are so thrilled that it happened. Like, they're fiending for the fact that this happened. And the way that Rena is couching it in these terms that, like, you think you know Kathy Hilton this one way, but now I've seen the true Kathy Hilton. And who's to say that that is the true Kathy Hilton? She's seen her do that one time. And, you know, earlier we were talking about, like, what's the impetus of this rage from Kathy? And, like, we have these, like, ideas of what just happened from the trip. But the most outlandish thing that Lisa Rinna said in this episode is she's trying to explain why uh, why Kathy is so mad at her sister. And she says, Kyle is way more famous and way more successful than Kathy Hilton's ever been. Rachel, what do you think about that? Do you agree? As I just said, the delusion is unmatched (laughs) that these women... What? And I kind of... (laughs) I kind of feel sorry for Kyle because it's like, I don't know that Kyle would say that. You know, Rinna said that about Kyle. (laughs) Like, unless the Hiltons have lost some of their wealth and we just aren't aware of everything that Mauricio and Kyle have, it's... It, 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 this is why people question Lisa Rinna. You're losing your credibility here. You are, which I also find interesting because we know outside of the show, it's been Erica and Rinna who have constantly been talking about these awful things that Kathy Hilton did. To come to find out, Erica wasn't even there. Her entire account is from Rinna. Getting texts. She's getting texts. And even if you're like, maybe Rinna's telling the truth, why would she lie about this? Then she goes on to say that Kyle is the more famous and successful sister. And you're like, you know what? So we come to Crystal's. This is the the episode ends where we're we're going to Crystal's boring 20, I mean, roaring 20s birthday party. (laughs) Was that a Freudian slip? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. That was an intentional boring slip. It was. I mean, this is the last... Uh, surely Crystal had another party after this, and this was just for production, because there was nothing going on. They dressed up to sit in her basement, her newly done basement. And if you wanted to show it to us, we could have done something else, because that seemed to be the entire purpose of this party. I did think I did think that Crystal looked gorgeous, and I really liked Garcelle's little outfit. Loved I really liked Garcelle's how like, excited outfit. about it she was. Her Chanel suspenders, her big diamond choker, her red bottom hat. Like, And then I thought she looked so cute. And then Rinna came in and like her very typical, you know, de-escalated tuxedo outfit. It's like, we've seen it before. And Garcelle <laughs> has just done it better. She Garcelle was set up great. for failure. Garcelle, great. Um, so speaking of Rena, Rena comes into the party and she's fine at first. And then all of a sudden, Kathy Hilton walks in, decked out in her Roaring Twenties attire, just like everyone else. And Rena is so bothered by it. She is, quote, struggling with her PTSD from her experience with Kathy. I mean, could it be any more dramatic? I mean, I, she is so triggered at the sight of Kathy. She's so uncomfortable. She can't act right. It throws her off at this entire party. You know what I think she was triggered by? 
I think that she thought she was going to have a lot more time to craft this narrative before <laughs> Kathy came back around. I love this Because I also was truly shocked that Kathy was there from the way that Lisa Rinna had been talking about what happened. I was like, if she tore up a room in Kyle's house, and given Kyle wasn't there, and so that like could have had an effect, but Kathy and Crystal are real friends. Like, they have made that clear. And so, like, it seemed like Kathy just really wanted to be there for Crystal. And she was just acting like nothing happened because maybe nothing did. Or maybe it was just like your standard. I mean, we've seen Lisa Rinna fly into a rage on camera and then come Absolutely. back to a party like nothing happened. Absolutely. Do you, don't you find it surprising that if she smashed her glasses and things like that, that Lisa didn't capture pictures? Cause that just seems like the type of person that she is, right? Right. And again, there's two reasons for that. One is that it didn't really happen. And so Lisa Rinna wasn't making any recordings and she was just like rewriting what happened later or she's dramatizing what happened later. The other is that it did happen. She does have footage or there is footage or we've got a ring or a nest camera somewhere. <laughs> but Kathy, you know, pulled legal. the legal things to make them not be able to use it. And then the third thing that I can't help but keep pointing out is that she is a friend of. And I imagine that they can only use footage of her that she agrees to. Like, it's not a blank check for the most part, like it is with the housewives, where, like, if you're mic'd up, you're on mic. We can use it. Uh, like, uh, that's what's annoying. That's what's frustrating to me about Erica and Rena being so indignant about... Erica keeps talking about behavior. If mm -hmm. we're going to talk about my behavior, then we're going to talk about everyone's behavior. And it's like, you can talk about it if you want to, but your behavior has happened on camera and Kathy's very specifically has not. And if that simply speaks to her having the self-control to not do it on camera... Exactly. Then that speaks to her having self-control, you know, and you not. <laughs> Exactly. Jody, so well put. <laughs> it's all so true. And I think that that's what riles Rinna up as well. And also, let's be honest, this is giving Rinna a storyline because we haven't really seen much of one for her. So she is going to take this like the professional real housewife she is, and she's going to run with it and use it to her advantage. Again, we don't know if it happened or not, but I'm just saying she's really milking this. And we see her do this as she slips out of the basement, goes upstairs and tries to sneak out of the party, and she's talking to Crystal, and she's so... I mean, she is really laying it on thick. I mean, she is talking again. She's got the cadence going. It's the deep breaths. You know, as Crystal later says, says she looked white as a ghost. I mean, and she's just like, I have to leave. Kathy, you know, she goes through the whole thing about being bothered by Kathy and she bounces. And Crystal, it's like she takes on that energy and walks <laughs> down the stairs. And it's like she saw a ghost and she is so bothered. But it's almost as if Rinna told her they cut something out. The way Crystal walked down those stairs and sat back in the room, it's almost as if Rinna told her more and we just didn't see it. Because from what we saw to the way Crystal reacted didn't match up to me. It didn't align. She was really taken aback that Rinna left her party and the reason that she left. And maybe because she's friends with Kathy. And so she's just shocked that her friend, who she's known longer than most of these women, would do something like this. 
Maybe that's well, it. and it does like whatever whatever story Rena is telling, it is like trickling down. It's clear when they're standing at that door and Rena is whispering <laughs> about how she I'm, I just I happy birthday. I love you. I just can't be here. She like she's talking she now Crystal's finding out cuz Crystal's shocked. She's like it was that bad and Rena says she says I feel like I've seen the devil and her name is Kathy Hilton. It's so dramatic. And okay, this is the line because I think they play this line in the previews. I'd heard her say it before and it's what really makes me not be able to believe Rena. There are a lot of things that make me not be able to believe Rena. One is that this is about the fourth time that she's tried to take someone down who she says is her friend with information that we and the other housewives are not privy to. Like we saw this with Denise where all the information came from Brandy. She also said that Denise had been talking about the other housewives but couldn't quite quote it. The text receipts were not adding up to the story that was being told. Like we've seen this happen before. But what Rena says in her testimonial during that scene where she's whispering to Crystal and leaving her party, she says, I've known of Kathy Hilton. First of all, she says, I've known of Kathy Hilton. When I first heard it, I thought she said, I've known Kathy Hilton. I've known of Kathy Hilton for 30 years. It's like, yeah, same. I have as well. Yeah. <laughs> We've all known of Kathy Hilton for 30 years. <laughs> Uh, my whole life, yeah. <laughs> I've known of Kathy Hilton for 30 years th- that she's this polished, loving mother, socialite, a pillar of society. And to hear these things coming out of her mouth, I can't believe you'd think it, feel it, even or say it about your own family. Nobody thinks of Kathy Hilton as a pillar of society. The way that she is painting us us into this corner of being like, you think of Kathy Hilton this one way, but she's actually this other terrible thing because she's so mad that Kathy is a fan favorite. It's like, we don't like Kathy because she's a pillar of society. We like Kathy because she's like a kooky middle-aged right. woman. She's who, not what we think she is who's richer than God and eats off TV trays in her own house. Like we like her eccentricities. We don't, she, we don't think she's a pillar of society. I, I can fully accept that she went off in a rage like that. She is like an extremely privileged, wealthy woman. You know what they love to do? Fly off into irrational rages. (laughs) That makes complete sense to me. But like what Rena is trying to do is assassinate her character. Absolutely. Which is like a phrase that gets thrown around on reality TV a lot that I generally don't buy, but it's just very transparent to me that that's what she's trying to do. And, you know, God forgive us if she really is telling the truth, but she has cried wolf so many times. It's really hard. And when I hear you repeat that monologue, you can't tell me she didn't practice that in the mirror. Oh, yeah. This is This is her. She, looking in the mirror. Doing it. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel is looking in her own mirror right now because, like, as a writer, she's literally using the rule of threes where you use, like, three descriptors. Like, that's the magic number to make something sound good. She's, like, she's a polished, loving socialite, a pillar of society. Like, yes, absolutely practiced. But it, and, you know, it could have worked. I'm not buying it because you're right. Like, she's cried wolf. She's cried Munchausen so many times. How are we supposed to believe her? If she is telling the truth, she's earned, she's earned not being believed. 
Is that terrible to say? No, no, no. The re- there's a reason that there's a fairy tale that exists called the boy who cried wolf. Like it's a real thing. It is a real thing. And I mean, listen, we will see next week. It all, what we believe it'll all come to a head. I mean, really it's going to come to a head at the reunion, assuming that they're allowed to talk about all these things. I really want to, I really want Kathy to talk. Remember it was rumored that she wasn't coming to the reunion. Now we know that she's coming. We don't even need Diana. I'm glad Diana is going to be on Zoom. Girl, we have moved on past your storyline. I am like, very, we I'm have, very scared of like seeing her head on a big TV screen though. Like, but are you noticing? Roll her in. Are you noticing in ITM, she's totally different now? In the pink dress? Yeah. Yeah. She like, looks she, really different. Totally different. Not totally. I'm being, I'm being Lisa Ren. Excuse me. Let me calm down. Let me bring it down. She's different. She's lost some weight. And you can tell like she's, it, Diana that has never in that ITM. She's yeah. she's like um she's she's just different. <laughs> there's some there's a difference. There's a difference. I, Diana has never looked the same to me twice. Like I <laughs> I think that she is she is like ever evolving, ever getting something put in the face, taking a drag off of her young husband Asher. Like I don't know, you know, doing a blood facial. I don't know what she's up to. But What's she that Game looks of Thrones term? What it. Uh, what did uh? What's the? Do you watch Game of Thrones? Of course. What's the term? The man of many faces. The man. Oh, who man has of many, many faces. <laughs> I kind of. Are I you kind of thought. <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were trying to reference a blood boy, which is like, no. I think a term that comes actually from Silicon Valley. It's like a very funny show, but it seems like it could come from Game of Thrones. No, I meant the man. The man who has many faces. The man of many faces. Whatever it is, that's her constantly. She's always changing into something else. For all we know, she is. Asher. Asher is her. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, all right. Well, next week we finally get to that that scene where it's Kyle, Kathy, and Lisa. And Lisa is um where Ky- it's Kyle, Kathy, and Lisa. And Lisa is basically calling Kathy out about you know what you did. It seems like she's already had um seems like she's already had a conversation with Kyle because Kyle comes in emotional. So there's something there. But We'll see it all play out. And it better not all play out in the last 10 minutes and carry into the next episode. Rachel, I want you to rid yourself of that burden right now because you know that it will. <laughs> <laughs> what could I we don't want you get to be in a- between? <laughs> I don't want you to be affected like the way you were by the chocolate scene. I, I want you to be able to make it through this episode. It, what I, I'm really like, what could we get? Another a grape stomping scene? Another <laughs> like, what is gonna be next? Oh, well, we'll have to tune in and see, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, next week, we're going to be dropping some major news that you guys don't want to miss. So make sure that you tune in. I mean, always tune in because the episodes are so rich. They really are. But we want you to tune in because we have some special news to drop. So make sure you come back next Friday to Morally Corrupt. You guys have a beautiful weekend. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you then. 